grace, mercy, and peace from our Creator and our Lord Jesus Christ to you this morning and always. So have you ever had one of those days where everything seems to be going right? I mean, you're firing on all cylinders. You are in the groove of life. And whatever you take on is smooth sailing. Well, maybe you're cooking dinner and everything is done at the right moment and everything tastes wonderful. Maybe you're studying and all that you take in as you study is confirmed with all that you've already learned. Or maybe you had a busy day full of meetings and all those meetings turned out to be efficient, they achieved their goals, and they maintained, they remained calm. Maybe even fun. You know what I mean. But sometimes those days don't happen very often. Yet there is a presence that Jesus proclaims, a similar groove that we can find through the love of God. And he is, he is inviting us into this groove with him and the Holy Trinity. Uh, let me be clear, God is not going to make you a better cook, though you can practice. And God's not going to give you answers to a test, though you can study. And God is not going to take away every instigator during those meetings, though that would be nice. Rather, God's light is always there. So whether we feel we are in the groove or not, because God's love is always there, there are those days when God's light will shine through us. And we notice these times or days more often when we are attuned to God's groove of mercy and forgiveness and grace, even when we are not having the best of days. We are still in Matthew's gospel, still on the Sermon on the Mount, Last week we heard who were the blessed ones. Next week we will actually hear Jesus continue to teach more concerning anger, adultery, and oaths. This week we hear Jesus teaching the disciples and everyone else in earshot who and what they are in the light of God's promise of love. In Matthew 5, 13 and 14, we heard you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Again, this is very familiar reading. We have heard it inside and out of the church. If you ever used the phrase or heard, that person is salt of the earth. We've heard this verse. There are three mind-blowing revelations, three epiphanies, if you will, for the disciples as Jesus talks about salt and light. First has to do with community. We all know that a pinch of salt can go a long way in making food taste better. Those who haven't had a chocolate chip cookie with a pinch of sea salt on it, oh, just haven't experienced that part of heaven yet. But yet, in excessive amounts, salt can be a preservative which is how it was used in pre-refrigeration days. 
Yet one grain of salt is not going to do much on its own. We are better together. Same with the light. Unless that one light is the sun, S-U-N, or the sun, S-O-N, a city built on a hill cannot easily be hidden. If a city on a hill can be easily hidden, if there's only one candle lit within it, but a city with many candles, lamps and torches, now that's easy to hide. That cannot be hidden. After all, the emphasis is on the community. And it's driven home as we hear the word you in these statements because it's plural. It should read, you all are salt of the earth and you all are the light of the world. There is a communal ethic to what Jesus is calling the disciples to. Together with the promise of God, they can show the world God's love and be what the world needs. Now, second, this has to do with identity. You all are salt and light. The disciples hear this for the first time, and I'm sure they're looking around at each other in disbelief. Us? But Jesus says, you all are salt and light. Not, I will teach you to be, salt and light. Not after we complete the next journey, you will be salt and light. Rather, right now, right here, in the present, you all are the salt and the light. In the essence, what Jesus is telling them is you don't need anything else to be who God made you to be. As they find the groove of God's grace and forgiveness, They possess all they need to be salt and light, which leads us to the third mind-blowing epiphany that Jesus is teaching. This one has to do with purpose. Jesus is teaching them for whom they are salt and light, the earth and the world. Mind-blowing, right? I mean, especially for the disciples. All they knew was their Sea of Galilee. Maybe they traveled a little bit farther out. But I picture them again looking around each other, puzzled at Jesus, thinking this thing's going to go global. The Greek word used for earth means land or soil, but it can also mean the whole planet. And the Greek word translated as world is cosmos, which means the universe. And in this instance, another possibility means the inhabitants of all the earth, all people, the human family, and all living things, maybe even non-living things. Everything inclusive is the cosmos. So this epiphany, Jesus is proclaiming to the disciples and those in range of hearing them is nothing but mind-blowing because it disrupts their understanding of how God shows up in the world and how society reacts to it. First, it's all inclusive. And and generally, they believed that those who were favored by God were the powerful ones, blessed with good fortune. And because they were told the rulers, the rich, are the ones who changed the world and often did through force and rule of war, but now Jesus is telling them that God's grace, mercy, 
and forgiveness. It's in that groove that everyone is saved and everyone is included. Everyone can connect with the Creator, finding the groove and then sharing it. The more they do that, the more they become the salt and the light of the world. Jesus teaches. and The audience actually hears them. They, they are worthy just as they are to show the world God's groove of grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Jesus is empowering them, individually as well as communally, to join in the groove of God's love. When we read our psalm today, in the first four verses, praise the Lord, blessed are those who fear or stand in awe of the Lord, who greatly delight in God's commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Riches, wealth and riches are in their houses and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. The light of the upright is for all and it's generous to folks. They conduct justice to help one another. They are not afraid of evil. They are steady and firm in God's and firm in recognizing God's love. They give to the poor, they have honor, and their righteousness endures forever. So what Jesus is teaching goes back to what God has been up to since the beginning. God always acts first. God then invites us to notice, to stand in awe, to recognize the gift of following in grace, mercy, and forgiveness, and then to provide that groove to others. This is the gift of learning God's love language. To perceive God's law and what the prophets proclaimed about it, not as chains or a heavy yoke upon our shoulders, but as freedom to join in that groove and experience blessedness as we bless those around us. We check out our first reading from Isaiah. The Israelites are not in the groove of God's love. After returning from exile, they are worshiping by fasting, but not receiving what they thought God would provide. Then God reminds them that fasting for fasting's sake or to show self-righteousness is not genuine. It's not what God wants. In our first reading from Isaiah, beginning with the second verse, we hear, yet day by day they seek me, God, and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast but do not see? Why humble ourselves but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. We all have had days where we try to reason with God and tell God all the wonderful things that we've done. Look, God, I'm doing everything right. Why wouldn't you answer my prayers? We tell God, we, we are better than those folks over there. 
I am a much better person than that one. We sacrifice so much more than these other folks. In this regard, it's not about us. It's about finding the groove of God's grace, mercy, and righteousness. Through God, Isaiah goes on to say, God, through Isaiah, goes on to say in verse 6, Is not this the fast that I chose to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house, even when we see the naked, to cover them and not to hide ourselves from our own kin? So when we are in the groove, God is leading and we are following and peace is felt by all in the reconciliation of God's kingdom coming near. Isaiah goes on in verse 8. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer you cry for help, and he will say, I, here am I. Within God's reconciliation, we realize that we all are salt and light of the world. God is dancing on the dance floor and waiting for us to join the groove. The only thing holding us back is our own pride, our own shame, the pride of wanting others to see our blessings as a result of something we did on our own and not thankful that our blessings are like everything else, a gift from God. Isaiah continues, if you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. This is what Jesus is referring to as we are the salt and the light of the world. We are part of community and God's family. We have an identity of being worthy because we are loved by God. And we have a purpose to love all of creation, all people and living things, even the kin that we hide from so we don't have to talk politics. We are not the original salt or light of the world, that is our God, the Creator, Jesus, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, our Sustainer. And as we dance in the groove of the Trinity, one tuned with grace and mercy and forgiveness, they extend the invitation to dance along with them for the betterment of the world and all who live in the cosmos as we participate in this groove, the Lord will guide us continually and satisfy our needs in parched places and make our bones strong and we shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose water never fails. Amen.